pleased you to call Wolf Dietrich Canopy a pastor to your people into your glorious presence. We thank and praise you for all the blessings and mercy you bestowed on your departed servant, especially for the years you permitted him to be your under-shepherd. We praise you for having kept him faithful in the face of trials and difficulties, for having given success to your word, which he proclaimed, for having built your temple in the hearts of many through his ministry, and for having given him a blessed death and a reception into the kingdom of your glory in heaven. Comfort all who mourn his departure and help us gratefully to remember all who have spoken the word of God to us as we await our joyful reunion in heaven, where you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Isaiah. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who proclaims peace, who brings glad tidings of good things, who proclaims salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. Your watchmen shall lift up their voices, with their voices they shall sing together, for they shall see eye to eye when the Lord brings back Zion. Break forth into joy, sing together, you waste places of Jerusalem. For the Lord has comforted his people. He has redeemed Jerusalem. The Lord has made bare his holy arm in the eyes of all the nations and all the ends of the earth shall see the salvation of our God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be God.
A reading from 1 Thessalonians. But I do not want you to be ignorant, brethren, concerning those who have fallen asleep, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, God will bring with him those who sleep in Jesus. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God. And the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. This is the word of the Lord.
The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the second chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east, and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not the least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have found him, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. When they heard the king, they departed. And behold, the star which they had seen in the east went before them, till it came and stood over where the young child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary his mother, and fell down and worshipped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. God has made us his people through our baptism into Christ. Living together in trust and hope, we confess our faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God Almighty. From thence he will come to judge the living and the dead. A holy spirit, a holy Christian church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting.
Blessed be the Holy Trinity and the undivided unity. Let us give all glory to him, for he has shown his mercy to us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. From St. Paul's first letter, first chapter to the Philippians. I know that this will turn out for my deliverance through your prayer and the supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. According to my earnest expectation and hope that in nothing I shall be ashamed. But with all boldness as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. But if I live on in the flesh, this will mean fruit from my labor. Yet what I shall choose I cannot tell. For I am hard-pressed between the two, having a desire to depart and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to remain in the flesh is more needful for you. Being confident of this, I know that I shall remain and continue with you all for the progress of joy of faith, that your rejoicing for me may be more abundant in Jesus Christ by my coming to you again. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. That in nothing I shall be ashamed, but with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ will be magnified in my body whether by life or by death, for to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Christ is magnified in the body of every Christian, particularly in this life when they suffer in the body. When the ravages of disease caused by sin debilitate them and bring them down to their knees. Christ is magnified in their body, for in that moment they come the closest to understand and comprehend what the Son of God in his incarnation accomplished, not only becoming man, but bearing in his body our sicknesses, our infirmities. They come closest to the glory of the cross. So now also, Christ will be magnified in the body. On the last day when the trumpet sounds, and the dead will be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. For to me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Our brother Wolf Dietrich will rise again from the dead. It is why we cover his body with the white pall of his baptism. For that righteousness of Christ shatters the darkness of sin and death and raises the dead on the last day. 
If the body meant nothing, the Son of God would not have been incarnate. He would not have been born of Mary's flesh. He would not have suckled at her breast. He would not have been laid in the manger. He would have not humbled himself to the point of death. He would not have died in the body upon the cross. Nor would he have risen bodily from the dead. But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who sleep. Therefore, comfort one another with these words, St. Paul says. Explicit instructions. That is what Wolf gave to us for this day, which is why I was horrified when I couldn't find the folder. <laughs> Thanks be to God, I found it. I would like to have the service for the burial of the dead held at the church where I am a member at the time of my death. Check. I would also like to have a visitation period at the church, not at a funeral home. Check. I would like to have some congregational singing. Check. When I met with Wolf at Luther Manor over a decade ago, after Christmas, at lunch, he said, I want to become a member of Peace Lutheran Church in Sussex. Why do you want to do that? I asked. He said, because your congregation sings. <laughs> and he said, because you have the liturgy. Amen. And you preach the gospel. Amen. I wanted to hear that most of all. And then he was tired of shenanigans of churches who set aside the truth of the gospel. I would love for that occasion some of these hymns. What wondrous love is this for all the saints. I bind unto myself today St. Patrick's breastplate, the hymn of the Society of the Holy Trinity. And when Wolf penned these words, it was March 17th in the year 1997. Let the service be a joyful one, according to 1 Thessalonians 4.13. Do not sorrow as those who have no hope. I pray that we are checking that box today. I will leave it up to the pastor who conducts the service which text to use. Thank you, Wolf. but would be happy if he could just use Matthew 26, <laughs> verse 71. Quote, this fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. And that is, after all, why we are here today, because he was with Jesus of Nazareth. It is also why we grieve today, because the gospel that he preached is the gospel that he received, and it is the gospel that made him the man we knew 
and love. As a father, as a husband, as a grandfather, as a pastor, as a brother in Christ, Wolf brought Jesus to us in words and in life. By the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that he received and that sustained him throughout his life, we saw in Wolf a man who was touched by the Lord Jesus, who bore in his body Wolf's sin and suffering and sorrow. Many of you know the story of Wolf's life better than I do. It is a remarkable story. Born in Germany in 1926. In 1931, at the age of five, Wolf's family moved to Munich when his pastor father was called to St. Matthew's. Two years later, Adolf Hitler became chancellor of Germany. And the darkness of Nazism descended upon Germany. And if Herod the Great, at the time of Jesus' birth, had the weapons at his disposal that Hitler had at his, many of the outcomes would have been the same. Wolf's parents were killed in an air raid in 1944. Wolf was 18 years old. He had been with his father but a couple of weeks earlier where the last words together were the praying of Psalm 121, I will lift up my eyes to the hills, from whence cometh my help. I had to go home. I had no home to go to, he wrote. His parents hated the Nazi regime and everything it stood for, yet their lives were swept away in a, in a moment through absolutely no fault of their own other than being faithful to Jesus. For Wolf, forced conscription, a prisoner of war, his country in ruins. The war ended in 1945, but the carnage, Nazi atrocities, and the death of millions hung over the nation that had fallen prey to the destructive lies of the evil one, which always bend us in upon ourselves and separate us one from another. How is it possible under such circumstances not to despair? Though his parents' lives were snuffed out in an instant, the faith in the Lord Jesus Christ that they instilled in him was not. God gave me believing parents, he wrote. His baptism into Christ in 1926, their faithful catechesis of Wolf and his siblings, their valiant confession of faith in the face of evil were all testimony to the light of God's love in Christ. What is this light of Christ that we celebrate today? 
I spoke of it at the beginning of the sermon. It is the love of the Holy Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. The selfless and sacrificial love of God, which is his by nature from eternity to eternity. It is the love that we do not deserve, a love that we have not merited. It is the love of God the Father who from the foundation of the world willed to save us from the horrors of sin, of Nazi atrocities, of Herod the Great's slaughter of innocent children by the gift of his only begotten Son. The light of that love shines in the darkness of this evil world. It is the love of God that moved him to become one with our flesh and blood and to make our sin, all of it, his own. And not ours only, but even the sins of those who don't believe in him and who never will. It is this love that moved Jesus to set his face to Jerusalem and the cross. The temporal and eternal punishment that we deserved and that the whole of humanity deserved fell upon him. In his death upon the cross, he suffered the hell that we deserved. And he redeemed us from sin and the power of Satan. As the little catechism says, with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death. It is this selfless, sacrificial love of God that moves the Holy Spirit to call us by the gospel to turn away from ourselves, to turn away from all self-centeredness and sinful pride, and to cling to Jesus, who gave his life that we might live. It is this love of God in Jesus that makes all things new, and it's what we it is what we know, it is what we believe in, and it's what we confess with all certainty, even as the body of a loved one seems to decay before our very eyes, even before death falls. This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. These words could be said of the Apostle Paul. We heard from him this morning in the Philippians reading before the sermon and in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But consider what Paul had been. Saul of Tarsus, prior to his conversion, he was a self-righteous, smug Pharisee, a loveless man. He hated the name of Jesus, which is to say, he hated the name of him who is incarnate love. He hated the gospel of God's love for sinners. These tax collectors, prostitutes, Samaritans, and Gentiles do not deserve God's favor. In a lot of ways, Saul of Tarsus sounded like a Nazi. That Christ would forgive as a gift of God's grace on account of his death upon the cross, was abhorrent to Saul of Tarsus. But then the murderer and persecutor of Christians met the love of Jesus on the road to Damascus. Suddenly, for him, everything changed. 
the insolent, self-righteous Pharisee became the blessed Apostle Paul and preached the faith that he once tried to destroy. The light of the glory of God's love in the face of Christ broke into the darkness of his heart and transformed him into an apostle who was willing to give his life for the Lord who gave his life to the condemnation of hell for his redemption. His words to the Philippian Christians testify to the power of Jesus' forgiveness. They were written toward the end of Paul's life. They speak of a pastor's desire to depart this life and to be with Christ, Paul says, which is far better. It is actually, when the gospel captures the heart of every Christian, it is what is nurtured in us in this life, particularly through the things through which we suffer and struggle, and those things include the struggle with our own sin and human weakness and frailty. To be with Christ, which is far better. And yet, in those same words, Paul speaks of a yearning to continue to serve the dear Christian brothers and sisters whom he loved, to whom he had brought the gospel. When Wolf wondered privately with me why he remained in this life. Considering to human reason that his course was finished, that he had accomplished what the Lord had called him to. It was for this reason, to receive back again the very love of Christ that he himself had distributed. These words to the Philippian Christians testify to the power of Jesus' forgiveness, written toward the end of his life, the power of Jesus' forgiveness. I could not help but think of Wolf, how much he desired to be with Christ, and yet for your sakes, he remained. And we wanted him to remain. For many of you, he was a father, a mentor, an example of one who had been with Jesus. And because he had been with Jesus when we were with Wolf, we felt as if we were with Jesus too, beholding him in the face of our brother. During the last week, as he lay helpless in the hospital, we wondered why the Lord seemed to take so long to take him from this veil of tears. What is the purpose of this? It seems so pointless and meaningless. It was for love's sake that we who had received the Christian faith, comfort, wisdom, and love from Wolf might be given the opportunity to return that to him in the reading of scripture, in the singing of hymns, Jane, in the wee hours of the night. What a precious moment. In holding his hand, in the gestures of love, and the words of Christian prayer. This angel of light was delivered to the safety of God's holy angels 
as day after day in that week, we commended him body and soul to the Savior who had redeemed him. This fellow was also with Jesus of Nazareth. Do you know who spoke those words in Matthew 27? It was one of the servant girls in the courtyard of the high priest. She spoke the words to Simon Peter while Jesus was on trial. You also were with Jesus of Nazareth. Do you remember how he responded? I swear to God, I don't know the man. The irony of Wolf's choice of texts was not lost on me. Though we might find it hard to believe, even Wolf was struck with the dark night of the soul. Satan's attacks are relentless, even for faithful pastors of the gospel. If he can take one of his under-shepherds out, he stands a chance of taking countless souls with him. Satan's attacks are relentless for faithful pastors, for biblical theologians, for linguistic scholars like Wolf. And you know what those attacks are like. You call yourself a Christian? You're a hypocrite. I know your sin. You're a total fraud. And when we experience our sin, oh, how easily it is to believe those lies. So we say to the evil one, yes, so I am. I lay no claim to salvation by my own merits. You are right, Satan. I am a sinner, a deserving of death and hell. But there is one who has made satisfaction for my sin, Jesus Christ the righteous, where he is, there I am. I was struck in the selection of hymns that there was not a German hymn listed. <laughs> I could think of a lot of German hymns. It's one of the things that Wolf lamented in these last years. The German that he knew by heart was fleeting from him in the hymns that he had mem memorized. But here's one from Martin Luther. What harm can sin and death then do? The true God now abides with you. Let hell and Satan rage and chafe. Christ is your brother. You are safe. Peter ran out of the courtyard of the high priest, weeping bitter tears of contrition and faith when he remembered the words of love from his Savior. Words that his Savior never withdrew. When we are faithless, he remains faithful. He cannot deny himself. What does the Lord do with such a man as this? He forgives sins. He restores. He comforts. This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. This is the only way to know Jesus, by the forgiveness of sins. The only way.
If we try to know him in some other way, it is not the real Jesus. The real Jesus on the face of Wolf and in his kind words were the words of a Savior who forgave his sin. It is in the holy absolution that he comes to us and abides with us and strengthens us. He forgive, his forgiveness brings about the resurrection of the dead and promises eternal life. It is this forgiveness of the Lord Jesus that shines like the star of epiphany into the darkness of our hearts to fill us with joy and hope. In the strength of Christ's absolution, the Gentile wise men interpreted the star rightly as announcing the birth of him who is the seed of Abraham, yet through whom the blessing of salvation would come to all nations of the earth, both Germans and Jews. They were led to worship the king of the Jews. What a miracle. The wicked tyrant Herod the Great could not destroy this faith. When they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And this joy no one could take from them. In the strength of Christ's absolution, this fellow here, Wolf Dietrich Canopy, was with Jesus every day of his life from his baptism until he fell asleep in Christ. In the strength of Christ's absolution, the soul of this fellow is with Jesus today. With Wolf, his parents, his beloved Inga and Stevie, in the mystical union of Christ with every believer, both living and departed, we await with exceedingly great joy the resurrection of the body on the last day. Oh, let the harps break forth in sound. Our joy be all with music crowned, our voices gladly blending. For Christ goes with us all the way. Today, tomorrow, every day, his love is never ending. What joy to know when life is past. The Lord we love is first and last, the end and the beginning. He will one day, O oh glorious grace, transport us to that happy place beyond all tears and sinning. Amen, amen. Come, Lord Jesus, crown of gladness. We are yearning for the day of your returning. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.
Let us pray to the Lord, our God and Father, who raised Jesus from the dead. Almighty God, you have knit your chosen people together into one communion in the mystical body of your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Give to your whole church in heaven and on earth your light and your peace. Lord, in your mercy, grant that all who have been baptized into Christ's death and resurrection may die to sin and rise to newness of life, and so pass with him through the gate of death and the grave to our joyful resurrection. Lord, in your mercy, grant that all who have been nourished by the holy body and precious blood of your Son may be raised to immortality and incorruption, to be seated with him at your heavenly banquet. Lord, in your mercy. Give to the family of Wolf and to all who mourn comfort in their grief and assure confidence in your loving care, that casting all their sorrow on you, they may know the consolation of your love. Lord, in your mercy. Give courage and faith to the bereaved, that within the communion of your church, they may have strength to meet the days ahead in the assurance of a holy and certain hope and in the joyful expectation of eternal life with those they love who have departed in the faith. Lord, in your mercy. Help us, we pray. In the midst of things we cannot understand, to believe and find comfort in the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Lord, in your mercy. Receive our thanks for Wolf Dietrich Canopy, for all the blessings you bestowed on him in this earthly life, for the good he was permitted to receive and give, for his call to faith, for his faithful ministry in the gospel, for a blessed death. Bring us at last to our heavenly home, that with him we may see you face to face in the joys of paradise. Lord, in your mercy. O God of all grace, you sent your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, to bring life and immortality to light. We give you thanks that by his death he destroyed the power of death, and by his resurrection he opened the kingdom of heaven to all believers. Strengthen us in the confidence that because he lives, we shall live also, and that neither death nor life nor things present nor things to come will be able to separate us from your love, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Taught by our Lord and trusting his promises, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, 
as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. He who believes in me, though he may die, yet shall he live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Lord, now you let your servant go in peace. Your word has been fulfilled. My own eyes have seen salvation, which you resurrection the life says the Lord he who believes in me though he may die yet shall he live and whoever lives and believes in me shall never die the Lord be with you and also with you let us pray Lord God, our shepherd, you gather the lambs of your flock into the arms of your mercy and bring them home. Comfort us with the certain hope of the resurrection to everlasting life and a joyful reunion with those we love who have died in the faith. Through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Let us bless the Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. Let us go forth in peace. Amen.